We just people from the north side. Once the Timmy's hit the shore fine. Went to ready on the four ties. Heavy traffic during four five. Gotta hustle on your own time. Color people at before side. We just people from the north side. Once the Timmy's hit the shore fine. Went to ready on the four ties. Heavy traffic during four five. What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy George Mackay, back here in the Straight Talk Studios. Now this is gonna drop sometime in April maybe possibly may i've got so many in the can right now and i'm excited but this one is one i've been waiting to get for a long time because he busts my chops all the time every time i see him i'm like yo i gotta get you on the show and he's like yeah he said it to me the last four times and he's right because i always say shit and i fucking fuck it up all the time but without further ado he's here the man the myth the legend p d skills yeah your boy's here because gabriel fraser wasn't available for the sake of time baby <laughs> listen Skills, you're my brother, you're family. But Fuerza, Fuerza's my best friend. There's actual proof that that is a thing. I don't I don't think there's anything I have seen that even you might display as proof. He looks so sad. He looks like my pictures with Kyle. <laughs> are you oh you're not comparing me to your illegitimate bastard son, are you? I'm not saying he's your daddy, but <laughs> I'm saying it looks like he might be. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, he's like 12 years younger than me, but all right, no problem. Hey, man, if anybody knows a thing or two about having mathematically impossible children. <laughs> it's you, you are the man. Got it. So let's talk about that first off. is um probably one of the greatest storylines in Ontario indie wrestling history, in my honest opinion. You and your illegitimate bastard child, that Kyle, who I had on the show. I had to get the son before I got the father because there was a buildup here. But that yeah. Kyle talked a lot about uh, the fact that when he started training wrestling, where he was training, it was a big mess, emotionally damaging for him and stuff like that. And then he broke out of that. He got into the scene. He worked his way up. And then the opportunity to have this storyline happen worked out between you and him. And the cool thing is, is that the way he mentioned it was, is that this is a storyline that's transcended promotions. This is yep. a storyline that's carried over in multiple different wrestling locker rooms if you will it's a story that's pretty much been passed around ontario indie wrestling like adam hayes has in oshawa it's a big fucking deal <laughs> so talk to me about the fact that this storyline idea came about and you guys have literally trans like you you said you've gone across it's the one storyline in indies here in ontario that has literally worked a lot of different promotions and that's that's cool especially on the indies so touch on that for me so, I mean, the way it came about originally was kind of, Kyle, like, during during COVID and everybody was doing different things to try and get themselves over, and uh, we were doing the No Ring North stuff, and Kyle was doing a bunch of videos where he was trying to find his father. And, uh, you know, like, there was, I believe there was Jim Cornette, uh, I think there was Nick Gage, there was Madman Pondo, uh that uh, like all these videos of them you know denying being his father and his his quest to find his father so when we were in a fatal four-way at one of the no ring north tapings it was one of the final matches and i was um i was trying to get his attention so um i just yelled hey kyle i'm your real dad and at that moment I, like I, said, I don't know why I said it. I just thought it was funny. So I'm like, oh, I'm your real dad. You know, that shock and awe moment. <laughs> and uh, 
then all of a sudden, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know if it's because it was COVID and we we're all in shape. Maybe he was blown up. Maybe he had just triggered his gag reflex, got hit in the stomach weird. Whatever it was in that moment, he goes over to the garbage pail and starts puking. And uh, I thought it, I thought it was like he was just gimmicking it, but he was actually getting sick. Uh, had I known that, I wouldn't have hit him over the back with a barbed wire, wire crutch. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So I mean, that's where that had started, and uh, people like we decided to do it at other shows, obviously, like the the first No Ring North live show, and you know I. I utter the words again. I'm like, as I'm whipping him with a belt, like implying I'm his daddy, I'm like, it's not Jim Cornette. It's not Madman Pondo. It's me. I'm your daddy. Like, and the crowd started chanting, he's your dad now. And I mean, whether it be Hamilton or Toronto, like people travel for wrestling and all it takes is those one or two people in the crowd. When I came out to start chanting, Kyle's dad, Kyle's dad. And I was like, do I really, like, that was the point where I was like, I'm either going to own this now and make it a thing and let it be a thing. Like, because it was just going to be a no ring north thing. You know, it has its own inside jokes. And then it was like, all right, I guess I'm going to be Kyle's dad in a few different places for a while <laughs> because people travel. And I mean, it was a thing and it gave us both something to do coming out of COVID where it was like it was this built-in storyline and the fans that traveled are really the ones responsible for making it a thing in different promotions. Absolutely. I mean, I, it was cool for me because I got to pretty much call it, uh, I am one of the commentators, the better commentator at New Frontier Pro. And I got a chance to call that storyline for the whole arc of New Frontier from Kyle coming out at your debut match at New Frontier saying, it's not over, dad. To all the uh, all the up above to that that you know that trifecta of matches that ultimately led to the embrace of father and son. Well, you know you got to give the people uh, you got to give the people what they want to see. <laughs> absolutely, right? uh, you're absolutely right. Now, when you were on with the mini host, you talked about being a big fan of the View Askew movies, and I as well am. Anybody who doesn't know, we're talking about all the Kevin Smith movies. And yes, you're right. I did post today as we're pre-recording this interview. I reclaimed. My lost copy of Dogma. I found a very cheap and affordable copy on eBay. And I snatched that bad boy up and it came in the mail today. And I also got this gem a couple weeks ago. And I'm very excited about this because this is my first and only one of these. That's right. An authentic Kevin Smith autograph. Right That's there. a beaut. That I got is it off, a beaut. I got it off Facebook Marketplace. So I got to say, when you look at all the VUSQ movies in its whole amazingness that it is from clerks to mall rats to chasing yeah. amy to dogma to jay inside the bob strike back to jay inside the bob's reboot to clerks three all of the above what is it about kevin smith and his writing style that you think gravitates you towards those movies well i mean you know me as a person i mean the character the wrestling character isn't the, a far fetch from the real person and it's just that type of humor, like really just sticks with me. Like it's, it's funny, it's funny stoner, stoner humor, but it's also got an in-depth storyline to it and it's not too far-fetched or hard to follow. Um, it's just, I, I that's what I kind of like about it. It's, it's super relatable. Uh, a, a joke between uh, me and uh, Chris Haller, the ref, one of the referees, 
for New Frontier that I've grown up with is that I literally held like every job that's featured in the Askew universe. Like I was a clerk, like I worked at a corner store. Uh, like I literally worked, I also worked in the mall doing a couple jobs. Like it was just all these weird jobs that I did that lined up with those movies. So it's like, I got to live the experience. And so they're all super relatable. And obviously you, you sprinkle in a little bit of stoner humor and yeah, that's, it's, it's right up my alley. Absolutely. For me, there's a few lines that have transcended my life from teenager, stoner teenager, to adult stoner, and now to father stoner. The the lines that transcend me are, oh, look, it's a schooner. Ha <laughs> ha, you stupid bastard. Yeah. That's not a schooner, that's a sailboat. Schooner is a sailboat, stupid head. You know what? That down there, that's no Easter Bunny. That's a man in a suit. Oh, <laughs> so good. Absolutely good. And then, and then, of course, I mean, the ultimate scene for me, my favorite scene of any of the movies is in Dogma. It's the boardroom scene. It's when they go around and they literally, Ben Affleck lists all of their sins. And then they go up to the CEO of movie and he whispers something in his ears and all you see is Matt Damon. That was your son, you sick fuck. <laughs> and it's just it's so good it's it just it there's just something about kevin smith and the way he writes it like yeah the, the way he writes i think kevin smith is one of the few directors uh and i have this whole bunch of useless film school knowledge but he's one of the few directors that writes for the actor like when he's writing a character it's like this uh, this is who was gonna like when he wrote dogma you know he thought ben affleck and matt damon hundred percent he did. And you know what? In, in the vein of dogma, I even have to say, like, forgive me, uh, forgive me, Viewskew gods, for I have sinned. I have not yet watched Clerks 3. Oh, that one I, is so I know. good. It's so good. And it's you know what? It's it was the perfect ending to a trilogy that we all grew up with. And it yeah. was a perfect homage to these characters. Yeah, I've got the gist of it. It's at the point where I'm going to be watching it to watch it. But I mean, I've watched Mallrats probably a freaking thousand times. So it doesn't matter. I'll probably watch this one a bunch of times too. Yeah, I own all three clerks. And I have to say that uh, without, without a shadow of a doubt, three is my favorite. Just the meat and potatoes of everything that happens in that movie. That one is my favorite. I love one and I love two. But three just hit different, man. I'm not going to lie. Three at the end of it all, I teared up. PD, I cried a little bit. I did. Yeah, yeah especially when it's a conclusion in the characters. Like, it happens. I got And if you cried a little bit, I'm going to cry. Oh, I'm, I'm terrible with movies. Like, that's I buy into characters. Like, when I watch something, like, I invest. So, like, if somebody did a good job as their character and they're about to get whacked, killed, like, whatever, like, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. Scarface at the end of the movie. He's getting ready to blow everybody away. Not Tony. Like Not I watched Tony. all seven like I watched all seven seasons of Sons of Anarchy in uh one week because it was like between jobs. And I was like, I'm just gonna crush these seasons. But I got so invested in it because you figure seven seasons in the course of like, you know, five or six days. And I'm just like, I'm a mess. I'm like, everybody's all over the place. People are dying. And <laughs> Oh, that is amazing. I'll probably be a, the, the, you know, to circle back, I will be a mess at the end of Clerks 3, probably guaranteed. 
you 100% will. Now, you and me, we share a lot of other things in common, not only our love of movies, the fact that we are, uh, you know, amazing in our, our avenues that we pursue in wrestling, you for being an uh, uh, in-ring talent to myself, being able to be a narrator for the great storytelling that here in Ontario Indies that we have. We also share a united front that we are both girl dads. That's yeah. right. We have women that run our lives from our <laughs> better halves to our children. And I don't know about yourself, but me, my dog is also a girl. So I have <laughs> nothing but women that surround my life. And you know what? I, I look at it this way. I always say this. And maybe it's cheesy. Maybe it's corny. But being a girl dad is the biggest. Is, is that a girl? Boy. Despite the, despite the Karen haircut, this is this is my homie in the house. Perfect. I, I, the fact that you have more testosterone in the house that evens things out. I love it. Absolutely. So I wouldn't say I got more testosterone. <laughs> There's more wiener, not more beans. <laughs> there you go. You got a little bit more. You got a little bit more twig, not so much berry. I completely understand. I completely understand. But being a girl dad, it hits different because I see that it takes any any man can be a dad. You make a baby, you could be a dad. But it takes a real man to be a father, and it takes an even stronger man to raise a strong woman. Do you agree oh, yeah. with me on that statement? I would 100% agree with you on it. Um, one thing I will say is being a girl dad was probably the best option for me it is what needed to happen to me it was something that uh would challenge me in a different way than being a boy dad i guess you could say mm -hmm. um just you know because it wasn't just oh how was i brought up what worked what didn't work i mean some of those options are off the table once you're a girl dad so um you know it it was a challenge to uh, better myself as a person and uh yeah What's the coolest thing you like about being a girl dad? Like, what's the coolest thing that you love? Like with me, I love connecting with my daughter on a level where we can we can connect on certain things that we both love, like horror movies or video games and wrestling, of course. But we can also connect when when she needs somebody to bounce an idea off of or vent to. Her mother and I have that great relationship with her where, where we could be that vent. Now, she's only 13. That may change as she gets deeper in the teenage years. But right now... She's she's bent, she she definitely is very open and honest with us, and we love that part. But for you, what's the coolest thing about being a girl dad for you? I, uh, uh, you know, with the girl dad thing, it's just you know finding that way to connect to them. Like, cause like I said, it's 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 a, it's always a challenge. Like, yeah, she got into superheroes when she was younger, and there were little things that we clicked on where I was like, boom, that's right up my alley. But, you know, and that, there's the other things like, you know, she she's into makeup now and, the, you know, the shopping thing. So, you know, trying to take an interest in that and looking at that stuff and all the stuff that I normally wouldn't do. Like, actually, full disclosure, like I love shopping. So that's that's one thing I would say, like that uh, not a lot of like guy dads are like, oh, my kid loves shopping, but my kid loves shopping. And so do I. So that's that'd be a girl dad thing where I'm like, yes. <laughs> We, uh, we we share that, too. We're actually very weird because I hate shopping most of the time. But the one day I live for is Boxing Day. I will get up at 5.36 a.m. I will go to the mall. And I will wait in line at a store to get an item. And I'm really weird. My wife's like, I don't understand it. You can get that item. Yeah, but Boxing Day hits different. I used to work at Best Buy, so Boxing Day hits different. 
<laughs> Literally, it's different. Now when it's Boxing Day, like ever since I don't work at Best Buy, actually one year I think I got a cell phone only because it was a deal like I couldn't turn down. So I went just before the store closed after all the door crashers. I wasn't going for anything fancy that I had to worry about being gone. Yeah. But it was still a good deal on a gift card or something. But aside from that, like Black Friday, Boxing Day, they can all just get lost for me. Like I'm just like, no, I started having PTSD from being in the trenches at Best Buy. I love let's let's explore the trenches that were Best Buy. What is the weirdest fucking thing that happened to you in your customer service journey, if you will? Like one of the stupidest things a customer may have said or asked of you um well i mean i've had you know people trying to activate phones with you know fake identification where you know their eye color was black uh listed on the identification and i'm like what and i'm like just weird things like that um like them trying to you know use our personal like when i worked at best buy them trying to use the demonstration phones like for personal calls and stuff like that just like when you work in the mall, like you get a lot of mall weirdos, but I mean, we're all weirdos in one way or another. So, I mean, they're just different kind of weirdos that I am. They hit different. They hit different. Yeah. 100%. So I got to talk to you about PD skills, the wrestler. We, we've talked a little bit about PD skills, the man, but PD skills, the wrestler, you transcend genres in wrestling. And it, but what I mean by that is you can mix it up in the ring better than a lot of guys that I know. You can tell great stories, but also, the cool thing is, is that when it comes down to it, you can, you can deathmatch, you can no ring north, you can go hardcore. You have the layers that a lot of wrestlers strive for, but some never reach. And I'm not saying all, and I'm not naming names in any way, but you're able to transcend different promotions. What is it about the longevity that you had? Because like I said, if I've done my research correctly, you've been going since almost 18 years, right? 19 years yeah. now? Yeah, 2004. Well, there you go. You're you're literally you're almost at your 20 year anniversary. Like I had a, I had a few years break when I first became a father, but of course. But now you're back in it, and I mean you've been able to transcend and keep it going for 20 years. And I've seen you have some banger matches. Like I said, the feud with Kyle at New Frontier was entertaining as fuck. The shit you've done in No Ring North and the clips that I've seen are amazing. And then you look at um, some of the stuff you've done recently in New Frontier. Like right now, you had a budding feud a little bit with Ada Prince. You had some great matches with Tyler Arrow. Like, the fact is, I look at PD Skills as somebody that transcends a, a great, decent 20-year indie career. How do you think about yourself? Like, when you started this, did you think 20 years later you'd still be going, even with a uh, few years off? I mean, I would say I was. I would hope so. Um, the magic number always floated around 40 uh, that I'd like to be able to do at least then if uh, – if it's going good, I mean, and I'm feeling good, obviously, you know, why stop a good thing? And nobody ever really quits wrestling. I don't think I'll ever get to that point. Uh, but I definitely hoped that there would be some sort of uh, longevity to it. But, I mean, nothing's promised. I mean, injuries happen, stuff like that. Thankfully for me, the only thing I've had is a separated shoulder. Uh, it still irks me to this day. That's the one thing that kind of causes me a lot of pain. But, uh, you know, it's... As far as being able to stay around, uh, you know, don't be a dick. And, you know, people will be happy to have you. <laughs> That's almost like a fortune cookie. Just don't, don't be an asshole. Yeah. You know, just don't be better. So basically 20 years in to this business, all the matches that you've had, all the feuds that you've had. And I mean, the fact is that you've never wrestled in the Big Apple. 
and you want to before you hang it up you want to get booked at one show in the big apple right yeah and i mean i have uh full disclosure it's not like it's a far stretch i i have been given an open invitation now that the passport's in order i was told once the passport's in order there there's a door open there uh and uh you it may be you know kicking down that deathmatch door for some no ring action and uh hopefully that happens but uh, it, going back to the States in general is a big one. Cause I mean, as everybody knows, it's a little bit, anybody can come wrestling. Like Americans coming to Canada, real easy. Canadians trying to wrestle in America, not so easy. Mm-hmm. And why so, do you think that is? Like, that's one thing I never understood. They can well, come over here. No we're taking, it's, we're t- like, and I get it. It's one of those things where I get it, but I don't agree with it. Like, I don't agree with what the, the way it's being carried out. But I understand, and they are right in the base thinking of it, is that I'm taking a job from somebody else. Okay. And in order to secure a visa over there, like you have to submit paperwork and uh, statements that basically give them reason to believe that you are in possession of extraordinary talents that merit coming over there to work because they won't find necessarily that in somebody else there. And that's the way that that's the way that their laws are built around working in the country. And you know what? It's not professional wrestling isn't a, a pastime, a, like a passion project or whatever. It's how some people put their you know food on the table. So it is a job. So under the same standards that to work a regular job over there, like a nine to five, or you would need that visa. I get it. But then the reason I say I don't agree is because we know at the end of the day, sometimes that's freaking, you know, for some people just a little bit over gas money and, uh, you know, and a t-shirt and see you later. Like I'm not really working a job, but they even look at it like they, they need visas for even if you're not making money. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of concealed red tape, if you will. The law, yeah. a lot of hoops you got to jump through to go over, yeah. like you said, to fill your tank halfway. Yeah, but like, so at the end of the day, it's like, all right, well, um, I'm going to Myers today. And if I just so happen to throw these wrestling booths on, well, I mean, that's a different story. That's a hundred percent. I'm going to Myers. I'm going to Myers. Hey, we, we don't have the same Pop Tarts and cereals as you guys. And that's why I'm here. Yeah. There you go. Dude, I was so happy when I went to the last time I went to the States when our dollar was crazy. Remember when our dollar was better than theirs for those couple of months? Yeah, I like we went over there, the wife and I, and I bought easily 50 bucks worth of cereal shit that I hadn't seen in years, mm-hmm. shit that's not over here anymore. Like the real yeah. borderline diabetes in a box, like and I wanted why, to get, and that's why, like, and I've said this to like promoters before that I've talked to there in the states where they're worried about booking, like, because it's Canadian, where I'm like, don't worry, I don't like I'm not ripped or anything like that, I don't look like I'm going over the border to wrestle. If I tell them I'm going to Myers, trust me, I look more. I'm look more like a guy that's going to buy pop tarts and cereal than a guy who's going over to compete as a professional athlete. Like, come on. <laughs> no, it's true. It's absolutely true. But yeah, I I declared happily like sixty bucks for the cereal. He's like, you got anything to declare? I'm like, fuck yeah, I got twenty five bucks in Cocoa Pups. I got fifteen bucks in Apple Jacks, and you're fucking right. I got all kinds of fruity pebbles, and I'm proud of this shit. Yeah, yeah. I would have led with Fruity Pebbles before Cocoa Puffs, just so right off the hop, you would have knew I was talking about cereal, though. (laughs) Fucking guy. Oh, shit. (laughs) All right. So when it comes down to, I guess, let's let's ask this about your daughter. What's your daughter's opinion 
of you being a wrestler and all the crazy shit that you've done because now she's older and she's definitely seen some of it i know she has um well here's uh here's an excerpt of a conversation me walking into the kitchen with a couple poke holes on my forehead is that from your paint roller dad yeah stupid She's she takes a little bit of an interest. She does want to come to a show soon. Obviously, I'm not gonna bring her to a deathmatch show. Don't worry, guys. I'm not deadbeat deathmatch dad. <laughs> I'll bring her to a family friendly one and it'll be a great time. And uh, you know, I'll probably subject to my own kid calling me a wiener, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, like when it comes to deathmatch stuff, like she knows at the end of the day, I'm okay. Uh, she doesn't worry about it, nothing like that. She acknowledges the obvious. That's stupid. <laughs> is there speaking of deathmatch wrestling? Like when you look at deathmatch wrestling and how and how much like the longevity of, of example of GCW or IWS mm -hmm. in Quebec, the fact that they had that super show where both you know both rosters kind of went at it just recently, actually, like literally a week ago. Is there one deathmatch roster you'd love to mix it up with? Like I'm assuming there's a few names on the top of your list. But if you could go one on one with one of the deathmatch greats, who do you got on your who do you got on the top of your list? Oh, top of my list, uh, I would have to say that Murdoch is there. I would have to say that Casanova Valentine match that should have already happened is still there. Uh, you know, as far as the no ring part goes, uh, but hopefully I get a chance to revisit that one. Uh, Akira would be another good one is fire he's doing great things anybody, like, anybody that can put on like more than just uh, a strike fest of hitting each other with stuff are the types of guys i want to do deathmatch wrestling like if you're just taking turns hitting each other with stuff or you know there's there's no wrestling you got to see you got to keep the wrestling in deathmatch wrestling i like that that's a fair assumption so you think some matches in a way are just a, a slug fest of seeing who can hit each other with the more crazier shit and sometimes in some in some instances like i'm not going to drop names i mean every anybody who watches the deathmatch scene regularly can you know form their own opinions on who those are but i mean it is a thing and uh you know but i like the guys who who mix it up with wrestling and you know what some of the names i mentioned they'll have strike offs with like light tubes or whatever the case is but I still see them get down dirty, do some creative stuff, and you know, integrate the wrestling in deathmatch wrestling. I like that. You're right. Yeah, some of the best matches I've seen in deathmatch wrestling. A couple of my favorite matches that I've seen have Akira in it. Akira is phenomenal, and I'm very excited that him and Ricky Shane Page are going to be tearing it up in MLW now on a more regular basis, which is fantastic. MLW got a couple of sweet signings with those guys for sure. Now. When I look at deathmatch, it's interesting that you mentioned this point. You said keep the wrestling in deathmatch wrestling. People yeah. look at deathmatch wrestling just like, like you said, a slugfest. A chance to fuck each other up with as much weapons as possible. They don't see the art that's underneath. And the fact is, is that it's, it's very ignorant of even a lot of wrestling fans. Because wrestling fans would be like, I love wrestling, but I just don't do that deathmatch shit. Well, hold on. It's not shit. And it's not, I mean, I get it. You have your own opinion and that's fine. But understand that... We as wrestling fans, we fight so hard for people to understand why we love it so much. Why can't, why does there have to be a subgenre in what we love so much? Deathmatch wrestling, sorry, deathmatch wrestling is wrestling. 
It is. If it's done and incorporated the right way creatively, like you said. Those are some of the best matches I've seen with some of the coolest shit. Not because they've gone through things or they've put objects at each other or they've hurt each other. Because of how they've told the stories and the cool moves that they've incorporated into it. Do you feel like Deathmatch Wrestling still doesn't get the respect it deserves? Uh, you know what? It's it's it, Obviously, it doesn't. I mean, we wouldn't bring it up as a question if that was the case. But, you know... M- maybe it gets exactly the amount of respect it deserves because really you only need to respect it if it's your cup of tea and it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Wrestling's like any other art. Like, uh, you know, I wish everybody could have the attitude I have, like as far as music and anything goes where I'm like, yo, listen, I might not like, you know, this subgenre of country music, but clearly other people do because it's winning awards and it's doing this and it's doing that. People like it because it's still alive and I don't have to like it. I just wish everybody would stop shitting on things. And that's regardless of like, whatever you like, like, can't you just like what you like without being like, if somebody asks you, what do you, how do you feel about deathmatch wrestling? Oh, it's not for me. This is why. If you're asked, but what some people are just like for no, like, you know, where it's like nobody, absolutely nobody. And then random person. Oh, you know, this is garbage. I hate this. And this game, this goes, like I said, music, wrestling, anything like, nobody asked you <laughs> the best is when you're having a conversation with someone and they ask you the question and you could already see they're ready to cut you off and pretty much rip your answer right away from you it's like hey man why do you like that stuff well i like it no no let me tell you why you shouldn't like it it's like i didn't even fucking get a chance to, to say why i liked it before you could tell me why i don't like it mm-hmm. like, what the fuck's up with that i don't understand let's talk about death proof and a tournament that's happening very soon put on by the matchmaker of New Frontier. That's right. New Frontier is kind of spearheading this death-proof, death-fight, crazy tournament that we got coming. And we got some of your old friends up in this motherfucker. Matt Cash is up in there. Yeah. We've had some card is always subject to change. We've had some wrestlers get announced and then denounced because of stupid shit that they did. And we won't go any further into that. But the fact is, who are you looking forward to getting in the ring with you in that deathmatch tournament? I'll be honest, uh, when it comes to the Death Proof Tournament, I am excited for anything that comes my way. Uh, anybody that wants to get wet, let's do it. Like, I'm pumped up. I I, I told, uh, you know, those those that need to be told, uh, PD Skills is, you know, ready for all rounds and all comers. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm prepared to get cut. I'm prepared to do some cutting. It's going to be a good time. Uh, you know, uh, Jesse Amato got announced as a tournament participant, and I ain't my fa- first ever Facebook ban for that. And I've been with Facebook since the beginning, so, uh, you know, I'm about to go prison dom in this bitch. Ah, prison dom. Prison skills. I fucking love it. 24 in Facebook jail. You don't know the things I saw. Yeah, that's right. Facebook jail. You know, you know how it feels? You know how it feels to get out, and then for the next 30 days have your posts lowered in people's field like you're not important like you're not a regular person of society that changes a man facebook it's on you well make sure i don't use this clip for what i post on facebook that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) but listen i gotta ask this question because i don't think i've ever asked anybody who's been in the death match scene what is the weirdest weapon or weirdest thing you've ever used in a match that most people wouldn't consider a weapon 
Uh, weirdest thing I've used in a match was a Barbie doll wrapped in barbed wire. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see who the fuck comes up with that. It was a fans bring the weapons match. So I mean, they brought Barbie wrapped in barbed wire. So barbed, barbedy, barbedy, bar, bar, Barbie. Yeah, barb, Barbie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you would say that. Well, like, are are you like, are you like some of the wrestlers? Like, I've interviewed some people who 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 do the deathmatch thing, and they'll be like, "Yeah, man, I'll be walking in the grocery store, I'll be walking in the the hardware store, and I'll stop and I'll double take and I'll be like looking at something that I've never seen before in the hardware store till that moment, and I'll be like, yeah, I could fucking do some crazy shit with that." Like, are you uh, like that? Uh, to to an extent, I could be like that. I, I don't really impulse by that much, like um uh, many people know i use the paint roller now and that uh full credit the person who actually made that for me was the well the original one was warhead uh i was like hey man i need something like handheld that has gusset plates on it and he's like you know i got you fam <laughs> and uh you know that was the birth of the the paint roller which uh, you know a lot of people see that and they're like that's that's messed up and i'm like yeah yeah, it's definitely a, a different weapon. And I definitely took, you know, in that first, I was like, okay, that's cool. And then one time I heard a fan go, yeah, roll them up. And I'm like, I never realized that this weapon was meant for me until that fan yelled that. Ah, well, you know, I've got some weapons of my own. I've got oh. some weapons that a few wrestlers were so kind enough to make for me. Yeah, that, that looks like a Tyler Hill exclusive. That is a Tyler Hill exclusive, a one of one Actually, it was funny when he brought it to me. He was like, yeah, I made one for the match. And then I looked over and I'm like, shit, I got another crutch. Shit, I can make another one for you. And he did. And that's the coolest thing. That and, of course, the uh, the Tyler Arrow cheese grater signed by Tyler Arrow. Oh, there you go. So, you know, I've, uh, what can I say? I've got a, a few awesome pieces of memorabilia here in the deathmatch world in Ontario. Do you think that if there was a one-off where like what would sorry let me let me rephrase this question what would be the two wrestlers that you would never see in a deathmatch scenario that you yourself would love to see like it would be like a futurama shut up and take my money kind of thing two wrestlers that are never deathmatch wrestled in their life but all of a sudden a story builds to the right way and it's like yeah these guys gotta finish it off in a fucking deathmatch who would be it could be somebody mainstream on your TV every week, or it could be somebody in the Indies, two guys that have never stepped foot in a death mm. match type of scenario that you would love to see tangle. See, and then it's hard for me to say, cause I'm like, now I have to be like a history buff on some of them. Cause I don't want to say they've never done a death match, especially like if they actually had a decent one. Mm. Um, I'll be a little bit risky on this one. As far as like uh mainstream, like mainstream professional wrestlers go. Uh, I would, I'd probably want to see like a Kevin Owens death match. That's like, I mean, he's, you know, but he's, he's making good money. He's got to take care of a family. And that's my, so that's my super far fetched. But if it was happening, shut up and take my money. Cause he can do extraordinary things for a guy, his size. Like, you know, he knows how to work, work a crowd. He knows how to pace. He's great. So that'd be, that'd be one there. And then as far as the independents go, um, I'd love to see Tara have a full on death match. I like I I really I love both answers, but I really ooh, the second one hits different. Could you imagine punch kick chop, but wrapped in barbed wire? 
Come on. Uh, like, I want him to skip the gym for a couple days. I don't want him, like, veins bulging. The additional risk. That's what made me think. I didn't know I needed to see Tarek in a straight-up death match until he made a post about it. Like, kind of, like, after a pump in his veins and all that. And I'm like, oh, man. That actually, that'd actually be sick. Like, punch, kick, chop. But with sharp objects somewhere in between, I'm like, I didn't know I needed that until today. Yeah. You know what? Tarek is, uh, Tarek is a one of a kind athlete, man. I look at, I look at the fact that this guy's not on my TV screen every week and it, it upsets me. It does irritate me. I'm like, just like, he's so fucking good. Like I saw him tear it up with dirty dango last, literally a couple of days ago with destiny. They fucking tore the house down. And man, when Tarek hits in a match, Tarek hits different. Like in a death match, everything's a weapon. But Tarek's whole fucking body is a weapon. That guy's dangerous as fuck in a wrestling ring. Yeah, and uh, you know, everything he does looks clean. So, like, I, nothing, nothing but good things to say in that regard. And, yeah, he, he probably should be on somebody's TV. Absolutely. The only bad thing I'll have to say about more regular, more regular than he is already on TV. I mean, because, of course, you can find him on the Fight Network, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh yeah, definitely would like to see him on some sort of weekly television. Absolutely. And the only bad thing I'll say about Tarek is that he has aligned himself with Hayes. And I asked him about that in my interview. I said, why do you align yourself with Hayes? And he goes, people ask me that question all the time. And sometimes you just need a Hayes in your life. No. No, you don't. You don't. If it's not purple Hayes, I don't need it. <laughs> well, let me tell you something right now. There's been nothing about Hayes. That is anything. Actually, yeah, you know, he does look like a Barney reject for sure. I was going to say, he did wear that purple suit, didn't he? Yeah, he looked fucking stupid. Such an asshole. You know what? I don't even think, I don't even think the PD skills is that with purple haze anymore. You know what's great about, you know what's great about haze? It's all the shit talking that I've done. And now people in his own personal circle, they've joined me in on this. That's terrible. his, His wife has actually joined me in the fact that she has been involved with him due to Stockholm Syndrome. That's crazy. We, you know, you guys should probably stop picking on him. I'm pretty sure I saw a video of him today on the top of a car going down the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah, only in fucking Oshawa, baby. <laughs> oh fuck! I hate the city of Oshawa. Anyone in Oshawa should be euthanized. Fuck that city. Like, I'm going. I'm going on a limb and saying he's seen the clip I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, Jesse Amato said it to me actually right while I was booting up my Zoom and getting everything ready. I looked down at my phone. I'm like, oh, Jesse sent me something. I looked at it. I was like, holy fuck. Only in <laughs> Oshawa. Only in Oshawa. But you know what? Gabriel Fuerza did mention it. Wow. He did say one thing about Oshawa. It has some pretty good toy stores. It does have some pretty good toy stores. <clears throat> well, that's fair. It, it's, as long as you guys can find a redeeming quality. Yeah, I mean that. And it's also got the best deals on crystal meth. I mean, I don't do crystal meth, but the deals are insane. It's like, you get crystal meth for free. You get crystal meth for free. You get rehab and crystal meth for free. The local police department, you know, alongside the Oshawa Mothers uh, Association, they're trying their best to clean up the street. Oshawa Single Mothers Association. Every single mother in Oshawa needs to know who her baby daddy is. That's the fucking truth. (laughs) Oh, we're going to hell. This last five minutes, we're going to fucking hell. I love it. I absolutely love it. We're going to be in Oshawa forever now. Yeah. All right, so my I guess my two final questions, I'm going to go let you go enjoy your evening. When it's all said and done, and you choose to, I guess, ride off into the sunset in your career, or maybe wind down your career, who would be the one person you'd love to have that kind of 
farewell. I'll come back every once in a while for a special deal match type thing. Who would be the one wrestler on the indies you'd love to mix it up for that final time to be like, this is the match where I kind of step back. <clears throat> if I could convince them to have the banger I want to have, hands down, Warhead. I like that. Why would you need to convince him? Warhead loves to get fucked up. We're both getting a little bit older. I mean, if you've seen our last uh, encounter, we did have a pita slap challenge um, during the match, you know. Uh, but I mean, you know, you want to set a, a different, like we, we can have good violent matches that have some comedy in them now, but um, for the tone that I'd want, like, you know, it'd be like, hey, like, you know, let's each book a week off of work and let's just get completely destroyed. If I gave that, <laughs> and there's nobody else that I think is better suit better suited for it. There's other people I could do it with, and probably still have a cool match. But I mean, as far as people that I go way far back with, that you know are still kicking this day, and that it would mean something, that that would probably be it. I like that. I, I kind of figured that was going to be your answer, and I, I knew that was going to be your answer. But I'm okay with the answer. I enjoyed the answer. And now my final question, and this is a big one. Where did the name PD Skills come from? Uh, all right. Well, so the PD has been rotating over the many years. It's, uh, you know, it's it's stood for a couple things, sometimes in, uh, in, in joking form. Uh, originally, it was a variation of a backyard wrestling name. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's, it's no surprise. It's, you know, it's in documentaries. It's in all kinds of stuff. Uh, a book that's coming out that, yes, you know, I did the forbidden backyard wrestling. Uh, and uh, I used to wrestle under the name of Kid Perfect back then when I did backyard wrestling. And the PD, when I was like, because I was changing, I wanted to do like a gimmick change or whatever. But then I ended up going to indie wrestling and because the PD was like originally some slang like Perf Dizzle. So the Perf Dizzle skills like, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 buddy. Uh, so, <laughs> but then like, you know, not knowing what it would stand for, I still thought PD skills sounded cool. And when it was time to do an indie show uh, and when I had caught an indie booking, I was like, uh, 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 I'm PD skills. And then it was like, all right, well, what is this indie version of me going to look like? I mean, I know it's got to be me on 10. Well, what do I do? Oh, I sit around and I blaze pot. Cool. Um, I'm the pod doctor, baby. <laughs> and that's what it was. I was like, that was the first thing that I was like, uh, the pod doctor. That's that's what it stands for. Uh, and like now when people ask, you know, I've kind of, you know, scaled it back to pretty dope. And uh, you know, there's the time that Cody Diener once asked me in the middle of the rain, he goes, uh, what's the payday stand for? Pillsbury Doughboy? <laughs> wow. That yeah. is, that is fantastic. That's a great fucking story. It stuck, it stuck <laughs> for a lot of shows. After I came back, uh, after having like five years off and I wrestled Matt Cash at Stranglehold, um, and this was at the, the chant originally happened at a PWX show, but five years later, my first match back and I hear one person in the crowd say Pillsbury Doughboy," And I just turned, I was like, I haven't missed you. <laughs> I haven't missed. I love fucking love it. Oh my God. This is amazing. And I think that's the picture perfect way to end this conversation. Look at that PD. You've been busting my chops for two years because I fucked up numerous times. 
but we finally did it. You're in the can. You're part of the Straight Talk yeah. family officially. How do you feel? Book that warhead match, somebody, because I made it. I've done Straight Talk. It's time to take it home, baby. Your boy's blown up. Yes. I love it. Oh, PD, my dude, I appreciate you, you family. You know I love you. I love all the times we get to shoot it up and get to just talk shit at the shows, before the shows, after the shows, man. I appreciate you, and I appreciate your friendships, man. I really, really do. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know the journey that is PD Skills, where can they find you on the wonderful world of social media? Uh, I like to keep it nice and easy because I ain't got a good memory. So it's at PD Skills Show on all forms of social media. Uh, you know, I I'm a rebel these days, so you got to catch me in between bands. But uh, that's where you can find me. I love it. I absolutely love it. Guys, that's it for this one. Me and PD Skills. We're out of the building. We're done. Peace, love, and wrestling. See you next week. Peace. Thank you so much for watching. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and turn on that notification bell so you get notified each time we post a video. Alternatively, you can check us out on all podcast platforms and host it on Podbean. We are also available on the SNME Network. That's the Sunday Night Main Event Patreon. Please feel free to check us out there as well. And don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at underscore Straight Talk on Twitter, at Straight Talk Wrestling on Instagram, Straight Talk Wrestling on Facebook, Straight Talk Wrestling on TikTok. And of course, you can check out all our merch at ProWrestlingTees.com. I don't even make a cosign. Without the liquor, you become a victim. You ain't never got a pole mine. I ain't messing with this generation. Fuck your gender, I ain't got...